I've dropped my fucking headphones. Straight away, look, start yeah. how you meant to go on. You ready? Aye. Welcome to uh, your regular Sunday morning dose of tattoo talk. Hope you enjoyed the new intro. It's even shorter. No uh, preamble rambling. We're just going to get straight into it. Yeah, we're going to do the rambling after. <laughs> it's, just, it's just straight into rambling. And uh, yeah, hope everyone, yeah. Are we doing the whole, like, you know, as usual? I'm. Paul and he's Chris. No, stop. We're not even going to bother with that. <laughs> We're just going to get straight into the content. So what are we talking about um, this week, Paul? Uh, well, there's a, a really interesting piece of news this week and it's all to do, as ever, with ink bands, which has you know been going on for a little while in Europe and as now, you know, is as in Europe now, the, the ink's having to be changed because of restrictions. There's been a lot of it's talk. by the end of the year, isn't it? So, like, the, I think the, the Blue 15 and Green 7. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Blue 15 and Green 7 and all that sort of stuff. Now, obviously, the UK is outside of Europe, so the HSE in England have proposed their own... UK. UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. The HSE. It covers the full UK. Is it UK? Yeah, yeah. If it was just England, then like Wales and Scotland would have to do their own thing and Northern Ireland, wouldn't it? So I think the HSE, yeah. um, it covers like the the, the, the whole country um, with in regards to like, you know, looking into the, the ink band. So if I do accidentally say England, please insert the word UK on behalf of my Welsh friend. And, here. and your Scottish wife. And my Scottish wife and all my Irish friends, or Northern Irish friends. It gets really confusing now. So anyway, the HSE have brought out um, a dossier and a video to explain their proposed restrictions. Yes. And we thought we would not do a reaction video because there's not really much point. You, I will link it down below <laughs> and you can go and watch it. There's not much for us to react <laughs> to, uh, uh, quite honestly. The only thing that would make me react is the way the guy says, to do. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking so annoying. To do. To do. To do. To do. Oh, I know. Oh, the, uh, the, the person who commented on my, with the way I pronounce motor might have an issue with the, the way that person pronounces to do. Yes. Um, How would you say motor? Motor. Motor. The correct British pronunciation of motor is motor. Just motor. There's no T in the middle of it. Not motor. What we've done is we've skipped through the video to the bit that we think is the most interesting. Yeah. And you can watch along with this video and, and see what you think. So I'm just going to skip back to the restriction proposals, which is about, I don't know, it's about... 30 minutes into the video, so if you can't... No, it's about 13 minutes into the video. So if you skip forward into the HSE video... If you go on YouTube, it's actually paragraph, like, you know, book, whatever they fucking do. Yeah, like you got you, paragraphs there. But I'm going to put it up, you know, while we're talking about it anyway, and I'll get rid of the guy that says to two too many times. Uh, and I thought we'd go through it. So the first two are basically what we've already seen. So restriction option one, so the restriction proposal option one is basically what the European Parliament suggested in the first place. So that's our first set of restrictions. An uneducated and an unscientifically based banning of everything. Just ban the lot. Just ban, ban tattooing basically, yeah. I think. So then restriction proposal option two is what the... Uh, Europeans have ended up with, which is well, just basically what 
what you know a little bit more about than I do is that yeah. it's basically a restriction and blue blue 15 and green 7 no you can't use them right which is interesting uh, and that's what that's what our European brothers and sisters are, are currently dealing with because like you, you know you've got like companies now that have that have kind of been, been first to market with like we've got reach compliant inks and stuff like that it's like they're not fully reach compliant because they've still got the blue 15 and the green 7 so yeah. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen at the end of the year yeah. when they're not allowed to use the blue 15 and green 7 anymore so in case you don't know anything about what's gone on What's happened is uh, European brothers and sisters have had 19 inks restricted. Well, actually, 21 inks or uh, pigments restricted. The two of them are derogated until January the 4th, 2023, yeah. uh, which means that you can use them until that point, and should anybody come along and prove their safety, they would re remain in place. It is unlikely that any of the ink companies around the world are going to pay for that research for many, many reasons, some of which we can't even talk about, you know, because we're just getting massive amount of trouble. So we're not going to bother with it. That's kind of where the Europeans are left. One of the reasons is that like, some people are on a European tour, aren't they? So they can't afford to fucking get the tests done. <laughs> Ooh, saucer Ooh. of milk, table number three. Yeah. <laughs> Why is your ink so expensive? Because I have a band to support. Because them tour buses don't come cheap. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucking wild, like. We would never suggest something like that, and I'm sure that's not what's going on. So, moving on, away from the libel case, this is where it gets really interesting for the UK, isn't it? Yeah, right. because they've got fucking a bit of sense, haven't they? Yes. It would appear that in the UK, that restriction proposal option three is a very, very soft-handed approach and much more sensible, and it might be incredibly good news for artists, certainly in the UK. Yeah. So let me read this to you, and where, where I think necessary, I'll try and explain what they're talking about. Restriction option three reflects the implemented EU restriction option, while the EU granted a derogation for pigment 15.3 and pigment green 7, uh, which, you know, I, I query the use of the word derogation, but, you know, there, like, whatever. Uh, what they proposed is a conditional exemption. It's a grammatical thing. I don't think that's the best use of that word. What they're actually talking about is they permitted a conditional exemption uh, of blue 15, 3 and green 7 until the 4th of January 23. So what HSE UK are proposing is we propose that these, so the, the blue and the green, and, the, and 19 other pigments which are prohibited for yeah. use in hair dyes, but are permitted for use as colorants in cosmetics in CPR are derogated with no time limit. Now, what that means is that the HSE in the UK are proposing that the 21 pigments are, condition, are conditionally exempted from, um, from being banned, that they have an exemption. In layman's terms, in layman's terms, they, they're not going to get banned unless they prove to be unsafe. Yes, it would appear that what they're saying is there's no proof that tattoo ink causes harm to the public, and so until such a point 
that harm is proved or safety is proved, we're just going to go leave things as they are and carry on using your inks as they are. If we find that these things are dangerous, we're going to take some of these inks away from you of these 21. Now, it also says underneath, and you can go and have a look at this, and this will be on screen while I'm talking. At any time, if evidence emerges to suggest a colorant is harmful to health, uh, when used in tattoo inks or PMU, the derogation could be removed. Can I interject there as well? I, I just, yeah, just, just want to add. If you, if you're watching this and you haven't seen um, some of the, our other videos on the UK reach, I did send an email to um, to the UK reach because it was like loads of people asking questions online because like you know some tattooists they just can't be bothered to read this shit so like then it was like everyone's panicking and they were so like I took a load of questions that people asked and I sent them over so check the video Paul will figure out how to link it somewhere I'll put links to the, those videos at the end of this video so when you hear the Shamalama Ding Dong riff wait and then two a couple of videos will come up for you to link I think to. I think you should scrap the fucking the outro music completely and just that is it like <laughs> just, just, just cut no just no just that is just like at the end of the, of the episode just have you going Shamalama Ding Dong <laughs> it's how I remember Bang. how to play the riff. Shamalama ding dong. One thing that I, I find interesting as well, which is similar to um, Europe, is they're going to be proposing concentration limits on, on the inks. Right, so yeah, that's the next point, isn't it? So RO3 proposes concentration limits for all substances and substance categories. I'm going to be honest, I, you know, in terms of concentration limits, we're going to have to speak to, a, you know, once we know what those concentration limits are, um, we, we'd have to speak to an ink manufacturer, uh, which will be pretty straightforward to us because we've got a pretty direct line to a major ink manufacturer that we can speak to. So uh, we will find out about that. It might be that um, you know some of some of the the pigments we can't that they can't use as much as they want to, and they've got to use you know maybe a, a, a different colour in a certain blue or yeah. something like that. That you know, so they, they might have to keep the concentration limit down. But I think ultimately, what it means for us is, you know, the overview is if we all go and uh, express our approval of option three, and I'll get to this in a minute because it's still public consultation is still open. And I think that we really now need to lend our voices to this and go, we really support option three. Yes. Essentially, it would appear that HSE are saying, let's just leave things as they are, make sure that anything that we know is harmful is not at a level where it is harmful, because certain harmful things can be around you, in, and if they're in lower co concentration levels, they're not harmful yeah, to you. It's only right. when they get above a certain amount. They're basically leaving us alone and letting us get on with it, right? One thing I really hope they do with the UK reach, and which is one thing they've done in Europe, and I mentioned this to you. So I went up to Paul's on the weekend. Um, we had a barbecue. Yeah, I picked up. Call it a team meeting. Team meeting. <laughs> we had a business meeting with somebody from a company. Yep. One of his artists has got some of the reach compliant world famous ink. And one thing I noticed, which was really, I thought was fucking awesome, is no, they have to list every single thing that's on that bottle or that is in that ink. Yeah. And, you know, this is something like tattoo companies haven't done for a long time. So, like, you don't know if a company's got acrylic resins in it. And, like, 
you can't make that you know informed decision of whether or not you want to use a product because they're not telling you what's in it completely so a positive side of it is like you can look at these inks like i looked at the world famous ones and i'm like ah okay your gray wash has got fucking acrylic resin in it and, and other acrylic because currently sitting on lucas who does black and gray in my shop with me sitting on his shelf he's got the non-reach compliant and the reach compliant because we can't now get hold of the non-reach compliant stuff because I think world famous are just making reach compliant stuff, right? Yeah. This is why it may, even though, excuse me, even though it affects Europe, it may ultimately affect tattoo artists everywhere in the world. Do you know what though, like from speaking to multiple ink manufacturers, right? Like things like the black and the grey wash system, that there's like no difference at all. Like the only yeah. real difference is obviously they're not allowed to use isopropyl alcohol. Uh, we found out, I found out recently, I don't know if they told you as well, one of the reasons why um, they, they've gone away from isopropyl alcohol is because it's not as pure. Yeah. It's a it's a lower quality product. It's, uh, and, you know, it's just basically cheap. So the other stuff, which is better quality costs more, but it's only like a, a couple of dollars more per bottle or whatever. It's also way more flammable. So, you know, there might, might be an issue going down the road having uh, bottles of ethanol on your yeah. shelf. You hey, there's probably only a it's tiny bit flammable. of ethanol in your leg. Do you mean, it's probably not yeah, a lot in tiny it. little. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, say they banned isopropyl in the studio and you needed something for... You know, oh, cleaning yeah, the skin yeah, down. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. You know, and you got you, you know you got bottles of ethanol everywhere. everywhere. And I'll be like, mm, it's a little <laughs> bit worrying. It's a little bit worrying. That's F one car fuel. That stuff. Oh, yeah. I've seen that <laughs> stuff know. go on fire. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but like the idea. Thank God we can't smoke in the shop anymore. Oh, you know it. what I mean? <laughs> but no, the the, the idea uh, like that of having everything on the label, I think, is great because like it is frustrating when you look at the two different bottles. You look at non-reach compliant ink, and you look at reach complaint ink and it's just like you know all that stuff is in that fell out of my ear it must be the die for earphones falling I know I know but you know all that stuff all everything that is in the non the reach complaint ink is in the non reach complaint ink they use acrylic resins they use all these other kind of preservatives and stuff but why it's frustrating. It's like, why why are they not being transparent? So it's like... Well, talking of transparency, the other thing that I like about that is not only do they have to um, list the ingredients, but they have to have batch and lot numbers yeah. on the inks itself. So uh, if for any reason, after, after this is all implemented, say you're sitting in the studio and you hear a story online that there's a red ink that's causing problems all of a sudden, it could be a particular batch. So then oh, that means that the, the ink company themselves could have a, you know, can have a thing on the website that you can go to and go, please note, um, this particular red by this company, this name, if it's this batch number, please return it to your supplier and get a different one because there is, a, you know, a, we've identified a problem. So. That kind of traceability and transparency, yeah, I think is going to be really positive for the industry long term. Um, also, because the HSE are being very would have, you know they're they're proposing an option that is very very light handed for us. Um, the cost to the industry won't be nearly as much, you know, because oh, yeah. reef you know reformulation may not be required at all for the UK now. The thing is, if HSE UK implement this, we can't say for certain, but we would hope then that the European Parliament would look at it and go, hmm, 
actually that's a much more sensible option. Maybe we should implement the same as what HSE UK have done. And it might mean that our European brothers and sisters get their ink back. Yeah, maybe it could be one of the clauses for us rejoining the European Union. It's like, we'll join, we'll, we'll join back up, but you have to make sure that you implement our choices for tattooings because yeah. they've definitely taken the over like they've taken the over cautious route i think but i will say this right and i'm probably going to fucking piss off a lot of people by saying this like you know we're all to blame for this the situation that we're in now is not only um the tattoo artist, the, the tattoo ink manufacturer's fault but it's also like the fault of the industry as a whole because we've just fucking it's like, oh, it'll never happen. It's only rumours. We buried in the sand. You know, you you put, you put videos up about, like, giving people updates on, on, on reach. And it's like, no one's interested. Until it happens, and then everybody's really interested. Until it's, now it's a problem. And it's like, we need to be, sorry if I sound a little bit corporate for a moment, but we need to be proactive, not reactive. And we're a reactive industry. We react to the problem once it's happened. And we need, as an industry, we need to start getting in front of these things. And 100%. what should have happened, I think, is that there should be somewhere that a professional tattooist can go, log in, get all of the latest news in the world of tattooing, and then get involved with petitioning the ink companies and going, look, you've got to do, what are you doing about this ban? I use your ink and I want to continue using it. What are you going to do? Are you going to go on to Alec? <laughs> Behave. The ink companies could then respond, and and you know they would understand that like people are looking at you. Like if we as an industry all went ink manufacturers, we're looking at you. What you're doing about yeah. it? If they felt the pressure, they might have done it a bit sooner. It, you know, it was it was a little bit late in the day oh, to be honest with they've you. They've had 15 years. They've had 15 years to do it. And the mad thing is as well, right? Like when you look at like the like the the, the race the race that is now, it's like it's not let's get this nailed, let's fight this and make sure it's like, nah, let's see who's first to market. And do you know what I mean? We're not gonna collaborate, we're gonna see who's first to market and then try and be the saviors of the tattoo industry when, you know, we shouldn't have been in that position anyway. No, we shouldn't, but what not, I'm getting at, not at all, not at all. But what I'm getting at is like, you know, we are as much to blame as tattoo artists as everyone else. Because when you look at the Facebook group that I was looking on the other day, um, you know, you've got people going, oh, I heard a rumour that this, this, this. I heard uh, a rumour from a pro team artist from this brand and mm. they're very credible. And it's like, yeah, they're talking shit, mate. Why don't you just go on the website, read the information that's there instead of listening to rumours and then you'll find it for yourself. And while you're there, fill the form in and give them... Fill you the form in and add your voice to it. You know, so the next, I guess the next slide uh, that's got a couple of things that we should discuss is if a restriction option becomes law, which we would hope for option it, three. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that's good news is the restriction proposes a transitional period of a year. So if this is in, if this is made law in 2023, it won't become law until 2024. Ah, this is the thing though, and I, I, and this is one thing that why you should watch our other videos. So once the public consultation period is done, which will be say like you know I don't know like later on in the year. Then it gets passed on to DEFRA and DEFRA have to look into it. And if they take a year or two to look into it, say like DEFRA take two years to get their head around it, that's another two years we'll have. And then, so say DEFRA get two years and then when they make their decision, it'll be a year's grace from there. 
So we've got a long right, way so to go. We could have we, we could have a little way to go with this. So this could it could be three or four years before this is even a thing that we it's really on the ground, you know. Um, uh, yeah, and he talks about if you're an artist, you got to comply. Well, you have to comply with law anyway. Um, they've done an impact assessment. Um, Can I now, just say something? They're, there? they're not. Cl- hang on a minute. They're not clear on. So they've done the estimated cost for business, but they but the estimated cost for business would change massively based on option one, two, and three. So I don't know if this is. This this is based on option one, two, or three because really there ought to be three um, estimated costs for businesses based on the three different options. I would imagine. So they're saying it's under a million quid, seven hundred ninety-nine thousand pounds. Seven, yeah, seven hundred ninety-nine thousand pounds per year, which would similarly correspond to a cost increase of approximately a quid. Now, when we were initially talking about this. Well, the thing is, you think about it, if you're a tattoo manufacturer and you haven't got to change any of your inks, all you've got to do is change your labels, there's no reason to put the price of your inks up by more than the, co- the extra no, cost but they of are, your printing. they are going to have to reformulate their inks because there's going to be limitations on the the concentrations of no, stuff. No, there's like possibly. It? Yeah, but there's possi- only possibly. So they're going on, they might be going on best case scenario. If mm. none of the formulations in tattoo ink have to change, you've literally just got to relabel them and set up... Um, a transparency system within your, you know, within your facility, so that you've got bat, batch and lot numbers, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And that's per tattoo. So, uh, you know, that's kind of like that's kind of like HSE UK agreeing with you. It's like there's no real need for the tattoo ink to go up if we implement this because there's, we're not really changing that much. No, no, no. Like when when you look at like the costs of like manufacturing it and like the differences in price, like you know argument's sake like let's just say like hypothetically you know one of the pigments only costs like you know for whatever fucking bag they come in or whatever say like one might cost like six hundred dollars and then the most expensive one there may cost around about five or six grand unless i don't know if you've seen this video but you may remember that we thought we'd found a blue a new blue pigment that was possible to use there was like a million quid for a bag that was just that was, yeah, stupid, it was stupid, stupid expensive. I still want a bottle of it though. Yeah, even the differences between that low amount and that high amount doesn't justify fucking forty dollars a bottle. Well, no, I'm three hundred percent increases on things are just a just a little bit much. So, uh, so they're saying therefore the res- this restriction is not expected to disproportionately af- affect small businesses. Now that's partly because they are trying to be quite light-handed with it. Now, if they do ban all of our inks, then we- we'd have to have another conversation with them yeah. about. Like, I think it does dis- disproportionately affect us. You know, I did ask them on, on, in, in the emails because, like, one of the ink manufacturers in the UK is stressing out about it, and he was just like. He's like, he's like, well, if this all happens, I'm going to have to shut my business down that I've had for 20 years because I can't afford to bring myself up to the the, the requirements. Which, to be honest with you, if you, as a company, if you can't afford to be, you know, compliant, you might be not worth buying anyway. But it's a nice thing. Like, but, but I did say to them, I was like, so what happens like if this has such a detrimental effect? on these ink companies, are they gonna get compensation because your regulations have forced them to shut their doors? Or are you gonna um, well I'm, I'm are you gonna help them? Are you gonna do you mean are you gonna provide them financial help to to get a- probably all conversations that need to be had during this public 
consultation process. You know, the publication of the restriction dossier started uh, the six-month public consultation process. This is the, the, the panel called public consultation process. Uh, following the start of the public consultation, we initiated the second phase of the restriction process, which is to form an opinion on the process development. And this goes on to talk about what Chris was talking about, informing an opinion on whether to introduce the restriction. We will engage with independent experts on the REACH, uh, independent scientific expert pool, who will form a challenge panel to provide knowledge, scrutiny and challenge. And, and this is one of the really good reasons why we need to be, we UK artists, UK ink manufacturers need to get in touch and they need to fill this public consultation form is because they, it says, you see the consultation process is great chance, blah, blah, blah. GB evidence gaps mean that we are currently extrapolating a lot of echo research. So they're not getting their so their decision unless we give them the information they're going to get their decisions or they're going to make their decision based on european research and as we are aware they haven't fully researched everything in europe because they well, i hope that the independent scientific expert pool uh, or RICEP or RECEP uh, will hopefully do their own research as well yeah hopefully you know, hopefully. But we do need to make our voices known on this. 100%. Right, this is the bit that's important to you for getting involved. The public consultation opened on the 6th of May 2022 and closes on the 6th of November 2022. So you've got until the 6th of November to get involved. Interested parties are invited to consider the questions posed to help us inform views on the proposed restrictions in the next stage of this process. You don't have to be an ink manufacturer for this. You just got to be a professional tattooist and raise, raise your voice saying, I support option three. I think this is the best option for the UK. Let's do that. Yeah. Basically, if we all do that, then this will give them an idea that the industry itself, that's us, prefer option three that we think that's the best option. If you have not done so already, you can respond to the public consultation with general comments and information relating to the specific questions we ask in the survey. I would say, based on this new information, you should probably just go and fill the form in again. Yeah. And, and say that you support option three, unless you support option one or two, but I have no idea why you would want to do that, basically. Yeah, you'd only do that, right, if you wanted to go on tour. Do some country music. <laughs> so then I think the final slide is the stakeholder meetings. Now, by stakeholder, I, I presume that's us. You know, we intend to hold one or more meetings to help stakeholders understand the restriction and what information is required for public consultation. ACC will try to group stakeholders together by interest for meetings. So I imagine what HSE are going to do is they're going to try and get, and I'm going to, I'd love to see this, they're going to try and get all the ink manufacturers together to have a conversation. Best of luck with that one. There will be an opportunity to attend meetings in person or join remotely. If you think you may be interested in attending the stakeholder meeting, please email, and they've got an email there for you, uh, for further de and further details will be sent to you. So if you're an ink manufacturer, or if you're not, and you, you think you are, you know, uh, somebody who could be considered a stakeholder, then drop an email, and if they think you are, they'll, they'll email you. Uh, if you have any concerns about the restriction proposal, you should explain them Explain them by providing information to the public consultation. So that's where you get, you know, public consultation, 
uh, and filling in the form is where you express your concerns. You know, you could you could use you know in all seriousness. I know Chris has been joking about this, but um, there are, there is at least one case of uh, tattoo ink going up by something like three hundred percent. No, which um, I I don't. If I'm absolutely honest, I don't think it's fair, and I don't I don't think it's it's true to say that that's what the cost is. Imagine if every ink manufacturer does that and suddenly all of our ink goes up by 300%. You know, we would have a concern because it's, it's putting an enormous strain on your business. You know, especially yeah. if you're a colour realist. Imagine if you've got to buy a, a full a full colour set of ink and all the tones and shades. You know, it's already quite expensive. Imagine if you've got to replace it all at three times the cost to you. That's... You know that's going to be a serious impact. So that's where well, public yeah, consultation should be, where you you know put that evidence in. I'll certainly I'll certainly be filling the form in and using the example as the impact to our industry that at least one manufacturer has used, in my opinion, has used the making of Reach compliant ink to uh, hike the prices of their ink by a ridiculous amount. You know, I'm pretty confident based on the experts that I've spoken to that that there is no no apparent need for that ink to be that expensive. No, there's and not. That's, you know, that's speaking to people people that I know in the industry of making ink, not tattooists. And I haven't had anybody go, oh, no, it's going to be that much more expensive, you know. What I think is interesting for all of us, if you've been following any of this, and it's certainly something that I've learned, um, which I was definitely not aware of before this started, is that actually um, all the pigments... In all the inks, no matter who, no matter whose label is on the front of it, the actual powdered pigment—they're all the same. Yeah. One red is the same as another red. They're not. They're not. It's not like one company have got their magic powder and they yeah. don't have it. They, it all comes from the same. So yeah, so one of it's, a few it's, places. Yeah, you know. So like, so you you'll have like certain differences where we're like one company might have um, it might be a little bit dirtier. If it's not not as pure, another company might have less impurities and so on yeah, and then yeah, when it yeah. comes to the ink manufacturers then you've got like some brands use acrylic resins as a binder and things like that some brands don't use it some companies might have more glycerin to make their pigment thicker you know so so the, the, that's where the differences lie then it's like the viscosity. that's where the difference is but the actual the actual powdered pigment that goes into the ink uh, it, or becomes the ink once it's combined with you know witch hazel or and glycerin, or you know, or ethanol and water. Hammer, mama, Alice, or whatever. Yeah, the whatever, whatever the hell that stuff is. Um, so no, 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 but that's just witch. That's just witch. Is, is, is that what it is? It's just witch. Is a hammer, mama, 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 mama. They, they fucking they, it's like oh let's sound professional we won't put you got some brands like yeah we use witches or other brands like we use hemememememelis. <laughs> I can't remember what the exact word is, so just like whatever. But um, it's, it's basically which easel. I guess to wrap up then, the final thing is further information. The final slide is slide 19. Links to the following can be found in the description box of the video. You'll have to go to their video for that. Uh, the public consultation the re and the restriction dossier, further information on restrictions, further information on RICEP, the registry of restriction intentions, and the UK Reach Help Desk. And then thank you. So... Um, the overview. It, it, it sounds like if we get if we get in front of this and we we tell HSE yeah. what we want, we could end up with nothing changing, pretty much, apart from the maybe isopropyl 
isopropyl say it for me Chris isopropyl alcohol I can do conglomerate I can't do that one but we'll have ethanol which I can say well so you might that's just... why we're a good team yeah we're a good team <laughs> what, we just trip over different words <laughs> yeah so that's and it. Other, I suppose the other news, side I of it is uh, yeah, yeah it, it is good news and like the, the only other thing I would say is like if you don't fill the form in um, and we You're do go down the same route as as the EU then what might happen is they might be going on a world tour instead of a European tour, like. <laughs> and with that, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope we haven't spoiled your coffee. I hope you're enjoying the rest of your Sunday morning. I hope you're enjoying the rest of your Sunday. Yes. And we'll see you next week. This has been That Tattoo Show. Don't forget, like, subscribe, comment. Really helps us out. Hit the notification. We haven't got any merch still, so send us a thumbs up. It's like free merch, for that is. You know what I mean? It does help the channel out. Do us a favour. Hit the button. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Wa ba da ba dum dum. Hey.